It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to this week's edition of Gina Gardner and Friends. My guest today, Michael Sonbert, he's the founder and CEO of Skyrocket Education and of Rebel Culture. Michael, a huge welcome. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Gina, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know that your work is really important because you um, do a lot around culture. And I think so many organizations are struggling with a fairly toxic culture. Mm, and we're going to be right. talking about culture in the workplace and how leaders can uh, can really impact on that culture. But before we do, um, tell us a bit about your story and how you've come to be doing what you're doing, really. Happily, yeah. Um, I started as uh, an educator and I uh, was a teacher in South Philadelphia for uh, a while and started to, uh, I, I then coached teachers in the network and then became the director of strategic partnerships for the charter school network in Philly. And I became obsessed really early on. We would work with schools around the around uh, around the states, and I became obsessed really early on with the how one school in a in a really in a traditionally underserved, underfunded, uh, high trauma, high crime yeah. neighborhood could have a really strong culture, while the school around the block with the same exact obstacles had a a toxic. Uh, adult and student culture. And I said, is this happening in lots of other places and in other industries and in other sectors? And it it was. Yeah. And so uh, I said, I want to do something about that. I think it's crazy that people are spending their entire days working in places where they're miserable and they're unhappy. Uh, and I want to I want to help people fix that. You know, I think we spend so much time at work, don't we? Yeah. For most people, it's the major activity of their life. Oh, and exactly. if you are living uh, within a culture that is great, it 
energizes you. It, it gives you motivation. It helps you feel well. But when you are in a toxic cultural environment, it has the most negative and profound effect on most people who are within it, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, we talk to people all the time and they are, uh, they speak really poorly of their bosses uh, or uh, sometimes they they have the uh, the response, which I love, which is uh, my boss is okay. Uh, he leaves me alone, uh, which to me is not, uh, that's a really, it's a real indictment of something that most people spend a third of their adult lives doing that we are either we, we either hate our bosses or we tolerate them. And I think that that's a crazy paradigm and something that I think for years was just the norm. I was joking around with somebody in my life the other day saying that, like, look at the every boss on every TV show. Uh, they're always this, like, caricature, this screaming, yelling, unreasonable, uh, erratic, um, unforgiving type person. And that has to come from somewhere, right? I mean, it, it was born of, of people's experiences. For me, I think being a leader means that before you start to lead anybody else, you have to lead yourself. You have yeah. to be um, taking radical responsibility for how you turn up how you interact with people, how you model the behaviours and the values of your company or your school or your family for that matter, um, that will come based on how you are interacting with yourself, won't it? 100%. And I, I love what you said there. We, uh, one of our, in a, in a rebel culture, one of our five tenants for building rebel cultures that the first one is you start with mindset. And I'm often surprised at how few leaders have done the, the pre-work, for lack of a better term, around like, well, what do I care about? How am I going to react to things? And what do I believe in as a leader? And how am I going to be perceived here? To your point, a lot of folks, um, and in, in some, some regard, it's for some people, it's not their fault. They've been promoted to a job. Uh, they stepped in. There's no training. Yeah. There's no support for them. So they haven't really thought through those pieces. But it it really is uh, a problem because it's going to be really hard for me to lead, whether it's one person or, or, or a thousand, if I haven't figured out uh, all these different things that you mentioned. How am I going to how am I going to act? What do I care about? What's going to matter here, et cetera? You know, it's interesting for me because I learned how to be a, a, an effective and I hope a, a really good leader because I worked for two leaders who were dire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I've run leadership courses and I've run many over the years, what do you think makes a great leader? And often to start with, they struggle to know what that looks like. Yeah. Ask them well, what do you think makes a poor leader? And the torrent of, uh, of <laughs> uh, the list is huge and they get very yeah. energised about all of the things that, that they know are wrong. And then you say, well, have you ever thought that just flip those? Just look at if, if 
a lack of communication is something that really makes you struggle and feel like that you're not valued then what does good communication look like how how would that work how could you ensure that you're communicating your vision your values and so on and they're not just something stuck up in the foyer but they're actually living and part of your daily conversation yeah i think it's a phenomenal observation and one that's actually really disappointing uh, but, uh i shouldn't be surprised but, you know, we talk to folks all the time who, to your point, they can't really describe what a good leader would be. What we often hear is somebody who um, doesn't micromanage them. And I actually don't believe that micromanagement is, is like a, a, a real term. It, it's mostly misused. And I've worked with thousands of leaders. I've never met one micromanager. What I've met are people who, leaders who, don't provide expectations for their teams. They don't clarify what 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 the norms are. They don't live the values, and then they come flying in like a firefighter when something's wrong, and they start shaking everything up and scaring the heck out of everybody. And that's what a lot of employees deem micromanaging. That's not micromanagement. That's mismanagement. You know, mismanagement, <laughs> right? And yeah. so it's disappointing to me that that what a lot of employees will say a good boss is, is somebody who just kind of leaves them alone and doesn't bug them when there's a there's another option there, which is a boss who's highly engaged in the work that, that they're doing and who's providing them ongoing feedback and is a collaborator. Um, but we see so few examples of that, that um, or at least many employees we talk to have seen so few examples of that, if, if none at all. Yeah. that they don't have a frame of reference for it. So it's either you're either an ogre or you leave me entirely alone without anything in the middle. And both of those options to me are, uh, are, are, are pretty bad. There's lots for us to talk about. We're going to have to go to a short break. So please don't go away. And I would just say before we disappear into the break that, you know, the principles that we're talking about are around leadership for life because they work in your family situation, they work in your personal relationships, as well as your business. They're principles for life. So don't go away. I'll see you back here in a minute. Do you want lovely, beautiful skin yes. that makes others look at you with envy? Yes. Well, I have a secret to tell you. I'm Dr. Alan Laika, and in my former career, I was a leading cosmetic dermatologist and I stumbled across an amazing set of creams. They are called cloud creams made by Canadian dermatologist Gordon Telfer. These creams make your skin care as easy one, two, three, because they are based on vitamins A, B, and D. Use them daily and your skin will take on a new youthful appearance. My patient's skin was lighter, brighter, and tighter. Gordon and I are so convinced you will love them. Gordon is prepared to offer you a double your money back, no questions asked guarantee. Get yours today. Go to cloudvitamincream.com and get started. Tell them Dr. Laika sent you. So, what is love? Love is being independent. Love is dancing. A Shriners Hospital for Children. Love is a new smile. At Shriners Hospitals for Children, 
Love is caring for a child, regardless of the family's ability to pay. If you know a child we can help, visit ShrinersHospitalsForChildren.org. Welcome back. We're talking about culture, particularly in the workplace. But for me, I like to see it in the round because we are the common denominators in our life. The likelihood is that however you're turning up in one situation, you're likely to be turning up in uh, another. I work with a lot of business leaders. And one of the things that I find really interesting is that when you first start, the language is very much, I can't, if only I could get the right staff, Mm -hmm. if only if the staff would do as I want them, if only they were more productive, if only, if only, if only. And then I ask them to think about, well, what are you doing that contributes to that? And again, it often goes quite silent. Uh, And I think that creating, we talk about the word culture, but creating a culture where people feel seen and heard and valued, where um, their contribution is something that not only do um, they value themselves, but other people value, I think makes a huge difference. What are the strategies that you use to help companies or rather leaders to lead in that, what I would call a much more enlightened way so that the culture is much more positive? Well, the first thing that we do, and I agree with everything you just said there, the first thing we do is focus uh, around the, I mentioned mindset earlier, but really the, the, the belief system that the leader has to have, which is that everything here is my responsibility. I've either created it or I'm allowing it to exist. But this idea of I'm this passive observer as to what's happening in my on my team or in my organization, uh, we 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 obliterate that uh, very early on for the folks uh, for whom that's that's an obstacle. Because if you're if you're the leader and not willing to own the fact that uh, people are if people are going rogue, if they're underperforming, if they're gossiping, if they're not meeting deadlines, if you're not willing to own the fact that that's all stemming from gaps in your leadership, uh, then there's not a ton of work we're going to be able to do with you because um, you think that things are happening by accident. Um, We And we see it. Uh, I was just talking recently to the former CEO of the second largest hospital in New York State, who, when he arrived, they had uh, staff satisfaction rates in the 43rd percentile nationally and patient satisfaction rates in the 17th percentile nationally. And when he left, they were in the 87th and 73rd, uh, respectively, right? Everything was the same. The leader changed. Yes. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's a huge, that's a huge aspect of it. And so you mentioned things earlier, like communication and feedback and um, really clear expectations for what the work's supposed to look like which we do all that work as well. None of it, though, really matters if the leader is not willing to, to see themselves as the lever and as the ultimate responsibility uh, there as well. What strikes me, well, this this is such a rich topic. We could probably talk for five five weeks about this. I still not have covered it all. But yeah. one of the things that strikes me when I work with leaders is that they will often initially have quite a victim mentality. Yeah. You know, poor me. It's it's all happening to me. 
rather than them taking radical responsibility and modeling and having an expectation that the staff will also take radical responsibility for their own performance and know mm. what the criteria for that performance may be and then collectively a shared responsibility for delivering whatever the vision of the of the company or the organization whether it's a school or a business yeah. and i think that for me one of the things that is a real game changer is getting people to really think about what's the why you know, why am I in business? And mm. I'll give you an example. And I have used this example before, but it just strikes me that we live in a world where skilled workers are in short supply. The mm. organisations that look after their people and value them are going to be much better placed to attract and keep their skilled people. And I was talking to somebody who had a haulage business and we were talking about the fact that in the UK, there was such a shortage of uh, drivers with a heavy goods license who were prepared to come and drive. Mm. And we looked at the advert and the advert said, well, um, uh, drivers needed. It gave the hourly rate and said how many hours a week that they would work. And it just struck me that it was it was there was no incentive. The assumption was that people would just want to work there because they wanted a job. Because they want money, yeah. And we talked about, well, what do you believe about your business and your mm. people? What's your vision? And his vision was that they were the lifeblood of the country, that they acted to keep shops and hospitals and schools and other organisations working. Right. That they were the very heartbeat. And I suggested to him that he might think about rewriting his advert because that's the vision for the company. How did he make that vision a reality? How did he help people recognize that this was what would happen? But he had to put his money where his mouth was. So yeah. if you, that was going to be the case, then the culture must be that people were valued and not just clocking in and clocking off. Yeah, I think it's and the the revision is much more compelling, right? And would be more compelling for somebody who's uh, looking for for a job. I I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I'm convinced that so many of these gaps from leaders stem from fear, uh, a fear uh -huh. of putting that putting. It's it's much easier for me to say, you know, here's the hourly rate, here's how many hours it is, than it is for me to say. Join the join a company that's the lifeblood of our country, right? Like I'm putting myself in a position of, of vulnerability there to stand in front of your team and to say, here's why we're doing this. And here's the rationale for why this matters is much harder than it is and much scarier than it is to simply send an email and say, hey, we're doing this thing now and everybody better get on board. Have you found fear come up in your in your work with I, leaders? No? Don't you think that fear is at the basis of pretty well everything, um, everything. not going right? And yeah. I think when when people understand that going to their their workforce and saying, this is what we're aiming for, we know we're not there now, yeah. but come and join me 
um, in making this dream a reality. You can help me shape the dream, but ultimately what I'm looking to do is to make a positive difference to whoever we're serving, but also yeah. valuing and using you. And you become part of the process then it's not so scary because you're not doing it on your own. You're doing it together and it's a journey and it's not that you're not at the destination when you start, it's where you're aiming for. And when leaders, I think, uh, are prepared to say, I don't know all the answers, you know, that's why I've got you as part of the team. Then I think things open up, but I would say so many leaders are are great salesmen or great technicians, and they're suddenly put in the position where they're expected to lead a team of people. And they find it's like herding cats because they don't know how to position themselves. They haven't done the inner work. They haven't got the insight and some of these skills, um, and they make a hash of it early on, and so they become more and more defensive. Yeah, and especially when they've been promoted simply because they are good at sales, as you mentioned, right? Um, but not necessarily or haven't shown any uh, any skill uh, at leading people or at least not managing an entire team. It's, a different, it's an entirely different skill set. What we've seen play out is that those folks would say, well, why isn't everybody just amazing the way i was amazing well you got promoted to boss so don't expect (laughs) everybody to be you you got your job for a reason i do actually think as a side note it's one of the real misses in just leadership and training in general that people are just promoted to jobs without given uh nearly enough tools to to be successful and so now i'm the boss of a team of let's just say a small team of 10 people because I was really good at my previous job. I haven't shown that I can manage anybody, but now I'm the boss of the team of people. Uh, and what we see is that folks most often come in and they're very hesitant and they don't make decisions. And now they're like concerned about how their leadership's going to be received. And now it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where the people on the team are like, oh, well, this person can't lead us. They're hesitant. They don't make decisions quickly. They they they're there and i'm all for collaboration but um there comes a point where a leader has to say hey um here's how we're going to do things um and if you have feedback let me know but it's very often missing and so now the we talk about the friday night drive home we know a lot of leaders who are driving home on friday nights with a pit in their stomach like i missed dozens of opportunities to make my team better i don't know if my team respects me i like i want to go back to my old job this is terrifying. Like I feel total. I feel, I feel totally ineffective, um, and that's a real. It's a real miss in the work. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, in the UK, over half the prescriptions in the UK are for antidepressants. Wow. And most people who um, are depressed um, work in some way at least contributes and for some people it's the major part of the problem we've got to go to a short break now um so please don't go away when we come back i want to just spend the last few minutes of the program looking at how we can help people start that journey of inner knowledge in themselves the sort of things that they can start looking at perhaps in a different way so please Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. 
No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life. Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength and determination to make it through. Whether it's physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. Where are you headed? I'm uh, just going to hang out. If any of your buddies ever pressure you to take a drink, just tell them you promised your dad you wouldn't. I promise. Love you too, Dad. They really do hear you. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Welcome back. So let's imagine that somebody has just been promoted. They've been promoted because they are good at what they do. They are a new leader, and there may not be um, training uh, uh, available through the firm. What advice would you give to either a, a very new leader or a leader who is really worried that they haven't made a good start and that they want to do things differently? Great. Well, I'll give some like tangible things that a leader could do uh, in a second. But the first thing I would say is that they should get a coach. And there are tons of coaches out there. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> right. Like get a, get, if you're not getting developed internally. And by the way, sometimes the internal development is is not worth uh, is not worth a whole a whole lot. Um, it's Often more a like box exercise, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I would say that folks should get a coach, and maybe you, your bosses might even pay for it, or you can get the company to pay for it. So I would say get a coach, which is just invaluable to have the perspective of somebody outside yeah. of your organization. And beyond the stuff that we mentioned around the leader really um, defining like who they are and what they what matters to them. I mean, they really should go through a process of, like, what matters to me? What am I going to care about? What am I going to be absolutely maniacal about? Not that I'll be a maniac about it, but, like, be maniacal about it. Like, right, if we sell sneakers, like, the fit has to be perfect. We have to have the most comfortable shoes on the planet, right? Do yeah. I really care about the packaging? Maybe I don't care about much all that much about the packaging. But folks should go through that process. Beyond that, uh, maybe the most important thing that a leader can do is to get feedback from their team. Yeah. Uh, formally, uh, do a survey. Um, and you may not have the culture where surveys are are, uh, are normalized and folks may think that you're going to know it's me. So make this, the questions generic enough that you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't give anybody away and make sure that they're anonymous, but get the actual real straight scoop from the people on the team about what's actually happening. Because, you know, Gina, I can't tell you how many people I get probably a half a dozen emails a week from an employee. We work with their, we walk, we work with the bosses, but I get an email from an employee that sounds like, can you please coach my boss? You know, he or she is blah, 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 blah. And they, they communicate late and they yell and this or whatever it is, um, which they don't understand. But you can't tell them I, you can't tell them I reached out to you and said, look, it's a very hard to send somebody a cold email and say, I've got some inside information about you and you need this work. But, um, it's, it blows my mind that the employers don't know, uh, and they haven't created a space for people to say what's what's there for them. You sh you should, but leaders. I mean, I lead two teams. I get feedback often from the people on my team that that stings. That's like, oh man, that hurts. I, I can't believe we dropped the ball in that way. Thank you so much. Uh, we built that culture. Others others should do the same. But I think 
you go back to what you said earlier in the program is that fear is what stops people asking that question. And so I'd suggest that you start with yourself and look at your beliefs about you and how you're doing and think about whether your ego comes to work with you or whether you leave it at home under your pillow with your pajamas or your nightdress. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're so worried that everything has to be done your way or that you need to be seen to be right rather than looking for the best way forward, you know, be honest with yourself. I think for me, one of the things that really is a is a crunch um, situation is those people who don't confront the issue because they believe it's they've got to be confrontational about it rather than recognizing if they get their own emotional state under control they can confront the issue in an in a, an assertive way but never aggressive never volatile because they've got themselves under control and so people don't wriggle because there's a very calm neutral combination of communication and being clear about what it is you want why what's happened isn't working and for me the culture should always be about development and learning rather than blame it's <laughs> been a joy to talk to you and i would say to anybody out there reach out where can they find you our website is rebelculture.com and you can also email me at michael at rebel culture and i'm also on all the all the social media places, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, etc. I'd love to hear from you and hear what you think about leadership. Uh, do email me at Gina, G-I-N-A, at Gina Gardner and friends. Thank you so much for joining us both on the show. Thank you, Michael. It's been a joy. Uh, and Thanks. thank you for listening. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.